So this morning, church, we are beginning a new series called Foundations, where we're going to look at the building blocks, the basics of our faith in Jesus, some of the key foundational truths of our Christian faith. And, you know, foundations go all the way to the core of who we are and what we believe. And this, this morning, is more of an introduction message um, to the series. And really, why we're doing this over the next couple of weeks, well, here's some of the bricks. Here's some of the building blocks that we're going to look at as we look to lay strong foundations to our faith. The first is this, Jesus the cornerstone. We're going to look at that this morning. The idea that Jesus' teaching is the very foundation of who we are. We'll also look at the idea of repentance, what that word means and how we go about it. We're also going to look at the idea of baptism in water. Why do we do it and who needs to? We're also going to look at the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to be filled with the Holy Spirit? And what impact does that have on our lives? We're also going to look at um, quite a big topic, the resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. So I may need to take a wee bit more time to study that that week. But it's a big topic, but it's an important one that we look at. Are we ready to stand before God one day at the judgment seat? Also, we're going to look at some practical stuff too, like really things sometimes that we just assume but don't actually take any time to look at. So it might be things like, you know, how do I read my Bible? How do you pray? How can I have a quiet time with God and have a deep connection with Him? So we're going to look at some of that practical stuff too as we put in some spiritual bricks into our spiritual foundations. But as I said, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this series in this season for us as a church? Japan is a nation um, which is renowned for earthquakes. It's one of the most renowned, or sorry, it's one of the most prone places for earthquakes to happen. But they've learned by their experience that when it comes to building and laying foundations, they have invested vast amounts of money over the decades and are now world leaders in building houses, skyscrapers, and complexes in earthquake-prone zones. Their foundations and the structures of their buildings are so complex and are so cleverly engineered that even when an earthquake hits, the buildings may shake, but they don't fall over. Now, I wish this next illustration was mine. I actually lent it from my uncle. I told him he's a pastor in Hollywood. I said, I'm preaching on foundations. And he says, funny that I used this last week, so you can use it too. So shout out to Hugh if he's watching. But uh, I doubt it. But, um, <laughs> but here's, somebody could have told the Chinese, in 2009, the Chinese didn't get the memo that the Japanese got. This is what happened. So at the Lotus River apartment buildings, 2009, there was a collapse. Now, nobody was, was living in it at the time. It was only newly built. And in the background, you can see two perfectly fine apartment blocks. And then you can see one that has something very obviously wrong with it. Now, if you take a look at that building, church, it doesn't look like there's anything major except for the fact that it's over. But if you look at it, the building's complete. The exterior looks absolutely fine. If you move to the next picture, guys, as well, the exterior looks absolutely grand but it's completely come off its foundations. Where did it all begin? This apartment block had compromised foundations. See, what the contractors had decided to do was after they had finished building 13 of these complexes, that they would dig underneath the building to make space for underground car parking. 
Now, that in and of itself wasn't the issue. It was the fact that they took all the soil from under the building. They set it to the side, which meant when the storms came and the rain came, that soil got so heavy with the water that the banks of the river burst and the river flooded into the foundations of the building and it collapsed. And here's the thing, church. We're all building our lives on something. Sometimes it takes a storm to reveal what it is. We're all building our lives in something, but sometimes it takes a storm to reveal what it is. See, that apartment looked absolutely fine from the outside. It still looks grand and complete sitting there. And so often can that happen in the Christian life as well. We can be busy building our lives, and that's okay. That's what we're called to do, is to build life and to enjoy life. But if we're not based on solid foundation, if our foundation isn't firm, then it can surprise us what can come tumbling down. And so church, whether you're new to faith, whether you are re-exploring your faith, or you have followed Jesus for years, it's always worth examining our foundations from time to time. See, we're living in days, and we've experienced this, haven't we? We're living in days where our world is being shaken. We have been shaken by COVID for two years. In this season in our nation, we have been shaken economically, socially, and politically. And what the Lord would have us and what he would invite us into this morning is to live a life in times of shaking to be the unshakable people of God who in the midst of insecurity can stand on foundations that are secure. This morning, where might the Lord be wanting to strengthen your foundations today? Let me pray for us before we read the scripture. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word. The Lord, it reveals to us who you are. And Lord Jesus, we pray that you would show yourself to us this morning. That Lord, you would speak into the very depths of our hearts that we would hear from heaven. In Jesus' name, we all said, amen. So what we're going to do this morning, church, is look at a parable that's all about firm foundations. And it's the parable of the wise and foolish builder in Matthew chapter 7, part of the Sermon on the Mount. And what's so practical about it, and what's so real about it, is Jesus basically gives us two kinds of builders, a foolish builder and a wise builder. And in this story, he gives us two realities that all of us can relate to. The first is this, there will be storms in life. And we've all been there, haven't we? We have all had to weather different storms that come our way. Storms that tear through our families. Storms that affect our relationships and our friendships. Storms that touch our health and our finances. Storms that touch our careers in ways that we never thought they might. Storms are a part of life. And I love how the Bible and how Jesus never hides from that. He never pretends it's not a reality. But storms are a part of the human experience. And the second reality is this, church. We have to choose, particularly in this day and age, what kind of foundation we're going to build our lives on. Because whatever we choose to build our lives on, that will determine how we weather the storms of life. It will determine what we have invested in. It will determine what we have poured ourselves into, whether it will still be standing when the storms come. And so the Lord invites us today to consider, what are you building your life on this morning? What is the foundation of your life and everything you do 
and everything you are. So here's the first kind of foundation that Jesus gives us. It's the foundation of the rock. In Matthew 7, 24, Jesus' teaching says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Like I said, I love these parables because they're so practical and they're so relatable. Jesus says this, that when you build your life on the foundation of what I have said, and it's really as simple as that, the foundation of rock is by simply hearing what Jesus has said and living it out. It's as simple as that, to build our lives on something that is secure and something that gives us a a strong foundation, even when storms come, it's that we hear the words and the teaching of Jesus and we decide, I'm going to live it out. I'm going to make it a reality in my life. Even when we hear the wind, even when there's crashes of lightning and rolls of thunder, when we're living out what Jesus has said in the Bible, our lives and all we have invested in can still stand strong. And what we're going to do, church, is spend the next few weeks laying down spiritual bricks to build that strong foundation in our lives. And what we'll find over those weeks is this, that three things will happen. The, Jesus, the teachings of Jesus are what protects us, it gives us wise boundaries, and actually puts limitations into our lives. And the problem is, some people think that limits freedom, but actually it increases our freedom in Jesus when we adhere to the protection that he gives us in his word. Secondly, it gives us, it prospers us. If you go to the next slide there, lads, it prospers us. It takes us into prosperity spiritually and practically, but it also purposes us. It gives us God's eternal purpose in our everyday living. In fact, the teachings of Jesus are at the very center of the Christian life, and that might sound very obvious and simple this morning, but it really is the case. It's by living out the teachings of Jesus that actually lead us to the place of eternal life. In John chapter 6, Jesus had a lot of followers at the time, and many turned away. Why? Because they said this teaching is too hard to follow. And of course, we know that it's the grace of God and the power of the Holy Spirit that enables us to follow Jesus. We can't do it on our own. But Jesus turns to the 12, or who would become the 12, and he says, are you going to leave too? And Peter looks at him and says, Jesus, where else would we, who else would we go to? You are the one whose words give eternal life. The very words of Jesus, church, and by putting them into action, sparks something in us, not just here on earth, but it does something deep within us that will last to eternity. But there is another foundation. Jesus says this in verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into action, into practice, is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Then the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. That's actually really to the point, isn't it? Jesus doesn't always mix his words, does he? He sometimes just goes straight to the fact of the matter. Everyone who hears Jesus' teaching and does not put them into practice is like a foolish builder 
who builds on sand. And what we know, church, if you've ever been to a beach, if you've ever built a sandcastle, you know that sand isn't a great foundation, right? Because its particle makeup is so loose and has so little structure that as soon as water hits it, it gets washed away. And you know what, church? We're living in days where the effects of building life on sand is all over our culture. The effects of building and investing everything that we are on sand and unsolid foundation is everywhere we look, right? And if I, just, if I could speak to our young people for a second, our, our youth and our young adults, you guys now, especially online, are exposed to way more ideas and ways of thinking that we were at your age, way more. And that's why we need to pray for our young people and cover our youth team in prayers. They teach them the foundations of God. The youth are going to do this series too. And can I just say it is just from my heart to yours, be careful what you consume on social media. And I know that we can't, we can't lock the door and pretend the world's not out there because we're meant to be in the world and be a light in the world, not to shut ourselves away. But all I'm saying is, guys, be aware of the ways of thinking and the ideas that are being presented in our culture, particularly around identity, sexuality, and ethics. Because do you know what? So much of it's sand. So much of it's sand. I'd seen a, an article over the summer in The Spectator. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, no joking. Um, an article in The Spectator, which had, had done a study in America of young people uh, from 2009 to 2019, and they found that the way they described it was feelings of sadness and a sense of, and I thought this was significant, a sense of hopelessness in young people had increased by 40%. That's one in every three students in America. And they give different reasons from the economy to social media. But I wonder, is it because all young people are being given to build their lives on? is sand. And can I speak to you for a second? Jesus offers you so much more. Jesus offers you a rock foundation to build your life on, a life of joy and peace, a life that is not, it doesn't mean that we don't come through storms and we don't come through difficult times, but Jesus puts before us this life that no matter what comes our way, it means we can still be standing. It means that everything we have poured ourselves into can still mean something when the storms of life come. It is a life of hope, joy, and love in the Holy Spirit. The culture offers you sand. Jesus offers you a rock foundation which never moves. And you know, church, it can be tempting for us as believers to fall into the sand trap too. I don't know about you, and I'm sure we've, we've all been in this place, though, that it, it can be tempting to tell ourselves that if we build most of our house on rock, it's okay if some of it's built on sand because the main part's on the rock. You know, maybe spiritually we might think, well, well, so long as the kitchen and the bedroom and the living room is on the rock, maybe, maybe we could build a conservatory on the beach. Or maybe we'll build a garage on the sand. And it'll be okay because so long as most of the house is on the rock. And what that's like saying, and like I said, we have all been there, we'll think, I'll, I'll, base, my word in Jesus, I'll base my life in Jesus' teaching in this part of my life. But over here in this part of my life, I'll do it my way. And you know what, church, we can't be surprised that when storms come, what we thought was secure in the sand gets taken away. Repeat it again, we're all building our lives on something. Sometimes it takes a storm to reveal what that is. But here's what the Lord would say to us this morning. He says, 
in a culture that wants us to build our lives in sand. He says, build it on me. Build your life on me. He looks into our hearts this morning and he says, you can build your marriage on me. You can build your singleness on me. You can take your finances or lack thereof and you can build it on me. You can take your future and trust it and build it on me. You can take your losses and your failures and your concerns and you can build it on me. You can take your family, you can take your identity, you can take your career, and you can build it on the solid rock of the foundations I have given you. And you know what, church? He is worth every cent of it. He is worth every penny. He is worth everything to build our lives on him. Because when the earth shakes and the storms come, he's the one who keeps us standing. You can trust Jesus to build your life on him. Maybe you're saying this morning, Jordan, see if I'm being honest, some of my life maybe is on sand today. Maybe some of my life is on the rock of what Jesus has said in his teaching, and maybe some of my life, maybe I've built it on sand. And really, church, building our lives on sand really looks like this. When we build parts of our lives to what feels right for us, and it's contrary to what God has already said. But here's what I believe the Lord would say to us this morning. He is so gracious and he is so kind, and his mercy is just like this well where we can never seem to reach the bottom of. And he would say to you, and he would say to me this morning, there's enough grace to come off the sand and then to stand on the rock again. Where in our lives this morning do we need to come off the sand and stand on the rock of his teaching again? I just want to speak to the young people again. You know, I believe that it'll be your generation who will successfully, perhaps more than others, call people off the sand and back onto the rock. I really do. I believe there's a sense of the Lord on you that you will call people in your generation off the sand and onto the rock of Jesus' teaching. And I pray you run faster and you do it better than we ever have. But the Lord is so gracious and he's so kind this morning, church. And I hope we wouldn't miss that, that when the Lord comes to call us off the sand, it's not for condemnation. It's not to make us feel guilty, but rather it's to help us build a life that's going to last. It's to help us going to build a life that's going to matter, not just here on earth, but into eternity. But if we want to do this practically at the beginning of our series, how do we actually do that? How do we build our lives on Jesus' teaching? You've maybe heard the, the tale of the two towers, and they're real. They're not, they're not fictional. Um, it's a, if you go to the next slide there, lads, on the left we have the tower of... Pisa, right? And on the right, we have the Eiffel Tower. Now, Pisa uh, was completed in 1372. This is like a wee tour. Um, and it's also known, as we know it now, as the Lenin Tower of Pisa. And it actually began to lean as it was being constructed, right? And the Eiffel Tower was built in 1887. And you can probably see there's a big difference between these two towers. One isn't looking too safe, and the other is something that has stood the test of time. And there's different reasons for that, church. Technology was probably better in the 1800s than it was in the 1300s for building buildings. Uh, perhaps it was the designer just knew what he was doing better. But you know what the greatest difference between these two buildings are? The foundations. Not only are they built in different kind of ground, but they're different depths. The Eiffel Tower was dug 40 feet deep before it was dug 300 meters up. 
and the Tower of Pisa was only dug 10 meters deep. And here's the thing, we can only go as high, or we might say we can only go as far as, God, far as the Lord wants to take us, as deep as our foundations in Him go. It's practical, isn't it? God can only take us as far as our foundations go deep. And I love, so far we've read the, the parable in the book of Matthew, but it's interesting what he says in the book of Luke. He uses a similar parable in, in the, the Sermon on the Plain, and he actually, some scholars would say that he actually repeats, repeats his material. So if the Lord can repeat his material, pastors can repeat their material too, okay? So if you hear something twice, it's okay. The Lord did it before me. So Luke 6, he says this. He, thought he uses a similar parable, but he words it differently. He says, a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on rock. And church, I think this is our takeaway this morning. We can only go as far with God as our foundations are deep. And church, in these insecure times, this is the season to dig deep. This is the time that we're living in, to dig deep into who God is and to dig deep into who we are. If we would dig our foundations deep into the one who is eternally secure, to dig deep into the teaching of Jesus. And can I ask you, what does that look like for you in your life today? Where in, in your life, may the Lord be saying, you've got to dig deep in this one. You've got to explore a wee bit further. You've got to rediscover my teaching and what I'm speaking over your life. And as I said, church, over the next few weeks, we're going to lay those spiritual bricks down. We're going to lay the spiritual teaching of Jesus. We're going to relay our foundations that we would be built up into the people we're called to be. And this is bigger than each and every one of us. Because not only does the Lord want to build you and I up to the people he's called us to be, I believe he wants to build the church from its foundations up again into the church he's called us to be. Are you ready to dig deep in this next season and see our foundations? Would you stand with me and the team are going to come back up? I thought it best this morning to finish on this fantastic quote, um, and I think it's, it's actually quite appropriate that we, we settle on this this morning, and it's from Queen Elizabeth's last Christmas speech that she gave in 2021. These are the, some of the closing words of that speech. She says this, it is this simplicity of the Christmas story that makes it so universally appealing. Simple happenings that form the starting point of the life of Jesus. A man whose teachings have been handed down from generation to generation and have been the bedrock of my faith. Or you might say this morning, the bedrock or the foundation of our faith. And church, I believe in this next season, the Lord wants to take us on a journey of rediscovering our foundations, that we would dig deep into who he is, that we would dig deep into the words that he said, that we may be built up into the people and the church that he's called us to be. Let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, Lord, that it has power and it is life itself. And Lord, would you give us the strength and the power today to hand over those parts of our lives that we've built on sand and put them back on the rock. Lord, would you help us today to build everything that we are and everything that we do on the words, Lord, that you have spoken.
I thank you, Lord, that in you is security, even when the storms come. And Lord, for those of us this morning who feel like we're in the middle of a storm, help us to stand with you, Lord, on the rock of your truth and the rock of your security. That, Lord, even though the wind may blow and the lightning crack, Lord, I thank you that in you we're safe in your hands. Lord, would you build us from our foundations? Would you build us up, Lord, into the church that you've called us to be? And everyone said, Amen.